Brother Master Kevin Thacker told me, he says, he goes, there's two kinds of messages to a preacher. There's one that makes you want to stand up and scream, that's not true. That's not according to God's Word. And then there's the other message. That's the truth. I want to preach that again. <laughs> that's what happened up in Madisonville on Wednesday night a week ago last Wednesday. I heard a message by David Edmondson and I was inspired. I said to myself, I need to come home and preach this to my brother and sister in here in rescue. It's a message we all need to hear over and over again. It's the message that that song is about in the garden. The garden with our Lord. Hearing about Him. Him speaking through His Word to us personally. And I pray this morning the Lord speaks to you on a personal basis through your Lord. Turn, if you would, over to 2 Samuel chapter 15. We'll be turning there in just a moment. Right, right, not right now, but over in the third psalm. That will be our text for today. We read this heading. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. Now those words that we read in the beginning of a psalm like that, that's part of the verse. For instance, you'll notice when we look over there, it says verse 1 and it begins right there with that psalm where it says, uh, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. Those are not words that are added to the Scripture, titles that are put above something by those who interpreted God's Word. Those are actually words from the original text. It's not like, you know, when you're looking through scriptures, especially in the King James Version, you'll see uh, words that are italicized. Those are not original words of God. Those are words that the men who interpreted the scripture into the King James Version, the group of men that King James chose to come together, group of men from different religions even, to sit down and interpret the original writings into English. They thought for some reason that they needed to add a little bit to God's Word to help us to understand. And I'm thankful for some of it. Some of it, I'll read past. I leave that up for you and the Lord to teach you what to pass and what not. This is not that. The Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom is not those kinds of words. Now you ask, well, why are you telling us, John? What's that got to do with the message you have for us? These words that we read a psalm of David, a hymn. That's what a psalm is. It's a, it's a song. They did a lot of talking back in those days through songs, through writing hymns. David was really good at that. God gifted him very much at doing that. These words open a deeper understanding to the writer's heart when he penned this psalm, this hymn. David is singing while he's weeping. Now, look with me if you would at the 30th verse of 2 Samuel verse 15. I want you to see for yourselves. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see the Word of God where it says in verse 30, now this is, this is David, his, what David is doing, and I want you to see he's weeping while he's writing this song. His son Absalom has been going to the front of the gates of the town Telling the men who are coming in, come sit in front of me, let me be your judge. 
Now, Absalom was one of these kind of guys who can talk really good and talk you into stuff. Yeah, come on, come on over here. You know, I can. He, some of us would call this guy a man with charisma. There's men who get up in front of people nowadays with thousands of people in the, the congregation or, or in the building and, and talk them into buying things like Amway. You can do better! We call them self-help. Self-help people. You know, they get up there and they preach how you can help, help yourself. That's what Absalom was. And he was drawing the men who advised, the advisors of David... He was drawing them away. But he wasn't just drawing the men who helped David lead the, the, the nation of Israel. He was drawing the people away. They were, they were calling out unto Absalom as their leader. And here the king of Israel, he was dealing with this so much so that he was afraid of what was happening. A word had come to him that Absalom sought to kill him. His own son. Think about that for a minute. Can any of us comprehend the depth of sorrow that must have laid upon this man's heart. My son is trying to kill me. The people that I love have turned against me. Verse 30, And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olive, Olivet and wept as he went up and had his head covered and he went therefore barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head and they went up weeping as they went up. Weeping. Now turn over to Psalms. To the third Psalm. Now you know what? Before you do that, let's, uh, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 5. I'm setting the table for you. I want you to see some things here. In Matthew chapter 5, we have what we call the Beatitudes. The Lord inspired Matthew to record our Lord's words where we see in verse 3, well, let's start at verse 2, and He, speaking of our Lord, opened His mouth and taught, taught, taught them, saying these words, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say in all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. My title this morning is this. At peace with trouble. Is there trouble in anyone's lives here today? Do we trouble with the world we live in? Folks, there are people exiting out of California in just massive droves because of the trouble they see in this country. But that's not the deepest trouble we have, is it? There's trouble with people who are disputing with family now. This virus that has gone through this country has split families 
almost in the way the revolutionary the revolution did brothers against brothers sisters against sisters I know I know that personally but that's not the deepest trouble we have to face in this world is it today right now this very minute how many of us are troubled with the flesh that we stand in how many of us how can I have peace when I have a trouble like that plaguing me plaguing my mind what peace can we as children of God have oh I'm so glad you asked that question (laughs) there's a wondrous 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 peace ahead for us notice the blessings that we read in Matthew chapter 15 Chapter 5. Turn over now, if you would, to the third psalm. Notice that the blessings that we read about are for those who are not at peace with living in this world. It said the poor in spirit, those that mourn, the meek and lowly, those who thirst and hunger, those who are persecuted for no good reason. Lord, help us, help you and I to always keep in mind the Word of God is spiritual. God may use the things of this world to communicate with you and I, giving us an understanding of what He's talking about, but the underlying meaning in God's Word is always spiritual. With that in mind, read with me if you would the third, the, uh, the verse 1 of Psalms number 3. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. A song. A hymn. A hymn of a man who wept. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Can you imagine the troubled heart of David? His son, his top advisors, the people for whom he loved? Many turning from his leadership and turning to the obvious wickedness. It was not right in that day to turn against one's uh, the father of, uh, to the son. People would put up with whatever the father did because he was the father. He was the head of the household. David was the king of Israel. And he was a good king. He wasn't even like Solomon or Saul. He wouldn't like him at all. And yet they were turning from him to wickedness, to his son. Imagine our own family turning against us. I I just can't imagine my son wanting to kill me. What a broken and contrite heart this man had as he went up to the hill of Mount Olivet, as he wept. I know we read that in Scriptures, but picture it. Picture this man and his servants crying, yet singing unto the Lord. How can that be? There is no help for him in this world. There is nothing carnal to comfort his heart. His troubles seem to be overwhelming him. This is how God uses the carnal things of this world to teach us spiritual matters. In a spiritual sense, this is a picture of our sin, our weakness, our inabilities to overcome the sin that is within us. They overwhelm us. Oh, how unworthy I am. 
Isn't that what that poor beggar over on the side of the temple was doing? Oh, how unworthy. I, I don't have any worthiness to offer my Lord at all. My goodness is nothing in the sight of God. How unworthy I am of Thy goodness, Lord. I am to be... Oh, how unworthy I am to be a recipient of God's goodness. Yet, like the beggar, we come to the Lord naked and destitute with nothing to offer and we ask for mercy. Did you know? Did you know that in Scriptures, not one time... Yeah, there was a lady... There was a lady who cried out for mercy from the Lord. And He didn't give it to her right away, but He did give it to her. There's not one place in Scripture where the Lord, where somebody asked the Lord for mercy and He did not give it to them. Not that I have found. Not that several other ministers have found. If you find something, let me know, so I'll stop saying that. But until I hear from it, until I see in God's Word, I'll stand on that. My Lord loves to be merciful. I know that's in Scripture. He loves to be merciful to His people. He delights in mercy is what it says. The people who saw the flight of King David, they cried out, Where is your God now? Where is your God now, David? He's not helping you now. Where is your God? Look at verse 2 of the psalm there. Many there be which say, My soul, there is no help for Him in God. Selah. Where's that God you said is sovereign over everything? Look at how He's treating you today. That's what they're saying. They must be been worst. This must have been the worst of all for David to bear when they began to ridicule his beliefs. When they began to say, "Where is your God?" That's what that is. That's a ridicule. Where's that God you talked about being sovereign? Where is He today? David was a man who said much about his faith. And in former days, he had done great marvels. Remember the stone that he killed Goliath with? He did that in the name of the Lord. And everybody knew it. What a story that followed him forever. Declaring the power of his God before a mighty giant. Many were the great marvels that he shared with those. And not one or another dared to say openly that God had cast him off. Is there not another for whom this may be spiritually a picture of? Our Lord and Savior was hated without a cause. Absalom hated his father for no just cause. His reason was one of lust and power. David never did anything to his son Absalom. It was the lust of having the power. Now I'm pointing this out because I want you to understand you and I were in that same boat at one time as all mankind are. We come into this world with a lust in our heart for power. That's what it is to say that I will do what I will do. I will is a declaration of power. My will is a declaration of power. And we all come into the world with a lust in our hearts. I will do what I want to do. His reason for chasing his dad and wanting to kill his dad was for one of lust and power. The people crucified our Lord and Savior for no just cause. They desired His power. They desired His authority. We will not have this one to rule over us is what they said. Is that not correct? Is that not correct when we say we have free will? 
we will not have this one to rule over us? That's the desire of power, folks. That's the same thing this young man had a jealousy for over his father. This was you and I before the Lord arrested us and cut away that heart of lust, giving us a heart that bends willingly to Him whose will shall be done. In Luke 23.20 we read this, and He left them to their will. Speaking of those who crucified our Lord and Savior. Turn over, mark, mark your book here in Psalms because we're going to come back and finish that psalm. Uh, I want you to turn over, if you would, to uh, Luke, Luke chapter 23. Read verse 21 with me first, if you would. Luke chapter 23, verse 21. But they cried, saying, Crucify Him, crucify Him. This very one who we read back in verse 20, and they again spake uh, that they were... Um, Pilate therefore willingly released Jesus, spake them again. But uh, back to 23, verse 21. They cried, saying, Crucified Him, crucified Him. Now jump over to verse 35 with me. And the people stood, beholding, and the rulers also with them derided Him, saying, He saved others. Let Him save Himself, if He be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked Him, coming to Him, offering Him vinegar. Verse 37, And saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And then they went a step further even and mocked him. Not only were they mocking uh, uh, David, saying, Where is thy God? They're mocking the Lord Jesus Christ in the same way. And a, uh, verse 38, And a subscription also was written over him in letters in Greek and Latin, Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Now in Matthew verse 22, you don't need to turn there, 22.15, we read these words, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle, how they might trap, how they might entangle Him in His talk. Matthew 27, verse 1, we read these, When the morning was come, the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel. That means they gathered together. It's, what can we do? Let's figure this out. What can we do against Jesus to put Him to death? But do not be deceived by our natural way of thinking, folks. God was still God even when He hung on that cross. The God-man did not relinquish His power. Wicked hands crucified our Lord, the Lord of glory, but it was purposed by Him. Look over at the book of Acts chapter 2 if you would. The book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 beginning at verse 20, 22. Ye men of Israel... Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. We're talking about God not relinquishing His power. God was still God when He hung on that cross. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by Him in the midst of you as you yourselves know. Him being delivered by what? By those wicked hands? Was He delivered by them? Was He delivered against His own will? Did the God of all creation delete or did He relinquish His power? No. Being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye, those with wicked hands who were determined before the world was to do what they did, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death 
because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, and I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, as my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. David, back in the text of Psalms, is crying out, Oh, how they have increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. There are so many they even mock me, saying, Where is my God? Where is my help? He weeps, but he sings the song. Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make the full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you, says Peter, of the David, of the patriarch David, that he both is that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which we now see and hear. Now, this message, this is the message God uses to call his sheep to keep His sheep. The message of who He is. Just because Jesus hung on a cross and died, He did that purposely for you and I. The perfect blood of Christ was shed for us. That means this. Nothing can separate us from the love that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. If He loved you before the world was, He will have you. And He's promised some wonderful promises to us. We talked about this in our Bible study, didn't we? He's promised that our sins would be forgiven. Perfectly. For us to be in the presence of the Lord, we must be as righteous as He is. Can anybody claim that with the flesh that they sit in here today? No. If you do, you're a fool. And we all were those fools in one time, weren't we? I'll not have that man roll over me. I don't need him. I'm okay. No, I'm not. I'm so thankful the Lord arrested me and showed me what I am that I would look to Him for everything. Especially for my righteousness. This is the message that God uses to call His sheep to keep His sheep. Back in our text, listen to the words of God's chosen child. Look at verses 3-7 through with me if you would. But Thou, O Lord, art a shield. Where would that come from? This is a guy being chased by his own son who wants to kill him. But Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. That's like saying, okay, let my son kills me? Okay, that's that's like saying if the virus kills me, I'm do I want that? No. Do I want to do what I can to avoid it? Yes. But if it does, I'm still good. In fact, I'm better. I'll be with the Lord. Thou, O Lord, art my shield, a shield for me, my glory, and lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me 
out of his holy hill. Selah. This is what inspired me to write, to, to preach this message, this next verse. Listen to this. I laid me down and slept. Have you, have, have you ever laid awake all night troubled by something that just happened in your life? I, I see everybody's heads go, yeah. It happens a lot to me nowadays. I just lay there and think, oh man, I should have done that differently if I just... Why did I get myself into this mess? What did I do? If I had just kept my mouth shut. If, 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 if! You know what I mean? I, I can't even tell you how many times I've laid there in bed thinking about things that I should have done or I shouldn't have done. And I, Lord, i I got to be up in four hours. i got to be driving a truck. I, I need my sleep. Father, help me. God, give me rest. And He did. And He did. I laid me down and slept. How can you sleep? How can you, how can you get any sleep? How can you get any rest when things like that are on your mind? What's the rest of it? I await for the Lord sustained me. David knew where his sustenance was. It wasn't in anything of him. And you and I know the same thing, don't we? We have no confidence in this flesh. But oh, oh, the sweet confidence we can have in our Lord. Perfect rest in Him. Verse 6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemy upon the cheekbone, for Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. This is the message that Peter preached on Mars Hill. It's the same spiritual message picture by David, king of the Jews. It's a picture of the king of kings who cannot be turned. It's a picture of Him whose purpose shall not be undone. It's a picture of the One who no matter what comes our way, no matter what troubles of, there are to this flesh, troubles with our sin, troubles with the world, our God sits on His throne right now. Does that give you peace? I don't care anymore what's going on around us out in the world. I, I, okay, I try not to. I have to retract that. I try not to. My Lord rules. He rules it all. And He says it's all for my good. And I keep telling myself that, especially when I start caring about what's going on in the world around me. I've shared this with you folks many a times, I think, in the past. Bill and I would be driving along in my truck. And Bill would get on the phone with me and we'd be talking, you know. He'd be at home and, and I'd be driving my truck and we'd be talking and we'd just go along. And either one of us now, it's not wasn't just me, it was either one of us, if I got carried away too far in the <clears throat> stuff that's going on in the world around us, he'd start singing this song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Or if he would go too far in something, I would start singing it to him. 
My Lord has conquered all my troubles for me. Why? Why, oh why, do I still let them trouble me? Because I'm in the flesh. And the flesh battles my spirit. In the flesh, I cry out and weep. But my spirit sings with joy for my Lord. Does yours? Can you you say your spirit is taking joy in Him? Now, let's take one more quick look at at our Scriptures back in our text. And I'll try to make this quick. We're almost out of time. You know what? I haven't preached to you folks in two weeks. We're going to have a little bit longer today. One more look at our text, and I want to keep in mind that the Scriptures are always about Him. We've looked at this kind of on the sense of David, considering that David was going through the troubles that he was going through. But this is actually, as it all is in all Scripture, it's a picture, it's a type. And it's about Him. These words of David were written under the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but they, and they were experienced by Him, yet they are a picture and event to portray our Savior's experience. Look at verse 1 once again. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. Lord, Lord, picture our Lord and Savior hanging on the cross. They've spit at Him. He's covered in the spit of men. They've beaten him so much so that you don't even you can't even recognize who he is. They whipped him so hard that his flesh was hanging off of his back. These are the ones he created in their mother's wombs. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Folks, this is our Lord doing this for you and I. This is what the wrath of God should be to every sinner. This is what the wrath of God was laid upon this man because of us as sinners. Our God's grace and His mercy to you and I. Lord, how are they that increase how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. All mankind is turned against Him. There are none that seeketh after God. The unregenerate natural man declares, I will not have this man rule over me. This man who is God in the flesh, this man who declares that salvation is of the Lord, there's nothing for you to do. I've done it all. That offends people. What do you mean, there's nothing for me to do? My good works have to have something to do with it, don't they? They have to account for something, don't they? No. Salvation is of the Lord. In John 6, verse 28 and 29, we read these words, Then said they unto Him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, Here it is. Here's the works. This is the work of God, that ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. There's nothing for you to do. He didn't say, this is the work of God plus what you can do. This is the work of God. That's His Word. Isn't that what it says? Natural man will not accept the sovereign rule of the Almighty. We may accept part of that sovereignty, but when it comes to our personal ability, when it comes to our personal choice, unless God intervenes, we will go down to the pit 
receiving our just reward, and that's our will. Look at verse 2. Many there be which say, My soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. Turn over, if you would, again, mark your place there. Look over at John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Sorry, hold your spot here for just a moment. As we read in Luke, left to our own will, our natural will, we, sh- we too would be right there with that crowd crying out, crucify Him, crucify Him. You claim to be God in the flesh, then save yourself. We'd be right there with Him. Show us the sign that we desire. Where is your God? Listen to verses 3-8 through eight of our text. You don't need to turn back there. We're going to stay in John. 3 through 8. But thou, O Lord, art the shield for me, my glory and lifter up of mine head. This is Christ. This is Christ crying out on the, on the cross. Those who just said, Where is your God? But thou, O Lord, art my shield, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. I laid me down and slept. This is the Lord dying, knowing that He would be rose again. He says, I awake for the Lord sustain me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon Thy people. Are you with me over in John chapter 6? Look at verses 30. John chapter 6 verse 30. And they said therefore unto Him, What sign showest Thou then? that we may see and believe Thee. What doest, thou, what doest Thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the heaven, in, in, the, in the desert. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus, verse 32, said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now here's what I want you to see, these next four verses. Then said he unto them, Lord, or then, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus answered him and said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believed not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Our Lord trusted the Father's will. He knew that laying down his life and going into that grave, the Father would not leave him there. It was not the Father's will to leave his Son in hell. It was not his, the Father's will to leave his Son in that grave. It was the will of the Father for His Son to be hung on that cross for you and I that we would all be righteous before our Lord that He would hang on that cross and take all of our sins away. Our Lord trusted His Father's will. How could He not? He and His Father are one. If you've seen the, Father, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Is that not what Scriptures tell us? Though the wickedness of all His elect filled Him, so much so it was to die... For this one who was not who had not once sinned was made to be our sin. He was made a curse for us, and it pleased the Father to bruise him. 
Scriptures tell us that by His stripes we are healed. And He, our Lord Jesus, trusted the purpose of God's will to be done. Close with me if you would, looking again, looking over at Matthew chapter 26. Almost done. Matthew chapter 26. Our Lord and Savior came to do our Father, His Father's will. And He did it perfectly. How can David, who's being chased by the people, chased by his advisors, chased by his own son, how can David... We understand the weeping part, don't we? That's pretty obvious. But how can he cry out with joy and sing and write a psalm as he did with such warmth in his heart because he trusted the will of God. Do you know it's God's will to save every one of His people? Isn't that what we just read? All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. That's the will of God, isn't it? David trusted. By God-given faith, he trusted the will of God to be done. Abraham trusted the will of God to be done. That's why he was willing to sacrifice his son. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, we read these words. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here a while, and I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. The Lord of glory began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou, as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Verse 43, And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, <laughs> He says this to you and I, as He said it to Dave. David, sleep. Sleep on now. Don't worry. I got this for you. How can David sleep in such troubles? The same way you and I can, by looking to our Savior as our all in all. Looking unto our Savior. What is it to have peace with trouble, with the troubles in our lives? It is to trust in the One who can deliver us through them. Our Lord trusted. So can we. Amen.